For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. Colossians 1, 16. Colossians 1.16 is after John 1.3. It's connected because of the creator creating all things. It says, all things were made through him and without him, nothing was made that was made. Now think about that. You know, let us, let us hover here for a little bit. All things were made through him and without him, nothing made would exist. Without him, nothing made would exist. Which if we take everything, if we think about, you know, I remember my chemistry class, that periodic table by those elements that would exist without those elements. They are key ingredients, basically. And so all those things that he created. We were blessed to have because God gave us the creativity and to make these things from the lowest form of the basic elements that we we know. And so if we look at it from that perspective, here's a simple way, a cake. There is no possible way that we can have a cake without ingredients. Those individual ingredients allows us to produce this delicious, luscious cake. The key ingredients to make that cake. Without the ingredients, we can't have that cake. So from the scripture here, if we take it down to the spiritual level, there is no possible way that we can have all the things that we enjoy the luxuries of life without Christ because he created all things. He is the glue that binds all things together. Without him, we wouldn't have. Without him, we wouldn't exist. So, you know, those are the things that I'm thinking about when I read that verse. What are are your thoughts on that verse? When we look at things in the world, we look at it from man's creation perspective that man created all of these things where man has made erected beautiful buildings, fantastic bridges, you know, these seven wonders of the world, the Great Wall of China, you know, all these things that man has created. So we give we give that credit to to man um, instead of God being it's God's creation. Instead of God's creation perspective, where he created all the materials from which these these magnificent structures were built. Even the creativity used by man was put in us by God. We can't take credit for that, but we shouldn't take credit for that, but we do. Um, The credit for the visible goes to man. When we look at things, we say, oh, Man created that. Oh, this person created that. But in reality, the visible is established by the invisible. So again, go back to that scripture. All things were created through him or created by him. Everything that we see and everything that we don't see was created by him. 
Amen. That's what uh, Colossians one sixteen talks about. That he creates the he created the invisible as well as the visible, and so verse four talks about life. Okay, so in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Um, John ten ten says Jesus said, "I came that they may have life and have it in abundance." And this in abundance, it, it's in the sense of beyond abundance. It's a super abundant. It's super abundant in quantity or superior in quality. That is the kind of life that Jesus came to give us. He came to give us a superior in quality life more than what we know right now. That's what he came to to give to us. And then in John 14, 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So again, he is that life and he wants us to have that same life that he is. And then, you know, I looked up uh, life. The Greek word for life is Zoe. That's the life that Jesus came to give us. And then in in, um, when I looked up in the dictionary, there was a good definition that I liked. It says it's spiritual existence transcending physical death. The life that we have prior to Christ is from birth to death. So if Jesus's life, the life that he's given us was like we already had, he didn't need to come. He came to give us that life that transcends physical death, that life beyond. And then what is the light of men? Jesus is also the light of men. The light is truth. The light is spiritual illumination. It's a transcendent, fundamental, or spiritual reality. That's what that light is, is bringing reality to us. We think we know what reality is because of what we see. But reality is really what we don't see because that has the greater power. That is where eternal life exists, the thing that we can't see. Yeah, that's good. Um, John uh, fourteen six. He's the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by Him. What I love about that, what you were talking about, is the fact that it connects with verse five. And verse five says, "And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend." I was just thinking about that. I was just thinking about how can I convey this message. A lot of times, as children. Our parents tell us something not to do. Um, I don't want you to do that. You don't want to do that because blah, blah, blah. Why? Why? Sometimes they don't get that, give you the explanation why. And so there's a truth there, something that's beneficial for you to know, but you can't comprehend it. So therefore you're not on board with it. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people can't comprehend things because they're unaware of the truth of it. Mm-hmm. And so when light comes in, it shines in the darkness, you know, it's like you're in this room and you would think that you would understand and comprehend that that's light. But if you've been in darkness so long and you see this light, what do you do when you're in darkness for a long time and light shows up? You start squinching your eyes, you start, turn it off, turn it off. It bothers you. It bothers you. And so this light comes into the world and it, it comes into darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. And so there's some scriptures that talks about why some of the reasons why men do not comprehend the light in the in the darkness. Isaiah 9, 2 is a prophecy 
that is spoken in Matthew 4, 16. And let me pull it up. And it's talking about the light that's coming, right? And it says, the people which sat in darkness saw a great light. And to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light sprung up. So if you look at this verse, you can see that the people sat in darkness. So before Christ came on the scene, we were sitting in darkness. And some of us are still sitting in darkness. And so what is that darkness? It explains us if you go down to the next part of that verse. It says, to them that set in the region and shadow of death. So that darkness represents a shadow of death. We are in death. We are in darkness. We are in death. And then it says the light sprung up. So Jesus comes in the world. He's the light of the world. And so what I want to take you is in John 3, 17 through 21. Now we are aware of John 3, 16 because it's on under people's eyes and the sporting events. It's, it's on banners and, and you know, and, and people are quoting it all the time. But let's go down a little bit further and go to, I want to cover John 3, 17 through 21. It says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And so one, Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. You know, a lot of people believe that, oh, yeah, I don't want to hear that religious stuff and everything like that. It's, it's not about religion. It's about a relationship. God wants a relationship with you. So he sent his son to take you out of the shadow of death. So you might see the light, the truth and the, have life, everlasting life, abundant life, as you spoke about. And so he did not come to condemn the world, but he came to save the world. So you can go around thinking that he's coming against you. In essence, he's coming to save you. It's it's like um, I remember somebody telling the story about the lifeguards, that the lifeguard goes out and he's trying to save this person that's erratic and, and just splashing all over the place. And so his mission is to go out there and save that person. Right. And they cannot get close to that person because that person is fighting them. So this, the uh, lifeguard can't get too close, even though he wants to save that person won't let him save him. You know, Jesus comes to the world not to condemn, but to save. He says in, in verse 18, it says, whoever believes in him is not condemned. So if you believe in him, you're not condemned. Whoever does not believe has already been condemned. So you don't believe in him. He doesn't have to condemn you because you're already walking in condemnation because you did not believe in the name of God's one and only son, the gift of God. You did not receive him. You did not believe in him. So you're already walking in condemnation. You're walking in it. We're born into it, you know, condemnation. And this is the verdict. This is the condemnation that light has come into the world. But men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. They love darkness rather than light because they like the stuff. Mm -hmm. Everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. A burglar is, is robbing a house. A burglar is robbing a bank. Man, if there's light around, that means that they're exposed, which means danger because they could be caught. And so, but what, whoever practices the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen clearly that what he has done has been accomplished in God. And so an example of that, of coming into the light is, is um, 
keeping something secret, keeping something evil. Remember back in the day when um, I had those thoughts about killing you. And the reason why I'm saying this is because I think God wants somebody to know about this. You're going through something and this is just to testify of God loving you so much that he'll take you out of that. And so there was these thoughts that came to my mind about, you know, being attracted to somebody else. And then the thought of became more demonic to a point where I started thinking about how to kill you and what would be the safest way to kill you and get away with it, which is is crazy. The enemy wants to steal, kill and destroy. I would look at knives and, and say, hmm, nah, that's too bloody. And just really these thoughts were coming on my brain. And it was like scary, most scariest thing that I've had to experience in this walk of faith. And so the Holy Spirit told me, well, you need to talk to your wife. You need to tell her about it. Now, I know this is the, the spirit of God because the the devil don't want me to tell you because he wants me to keep it a secret so that I can do what he's trying to convince me to do. The spirit says, tell your wife. Now, that seems like crazy talk to tell your wife that she's thinking about killing her. But sometimes God does those things that just doesn't seem like that doesn't make sense. But it's all for your good. And so I remember coming to you. You were watching TV in Italy when we stationed in Italy. And I said, I have to tell you something. You turned the TV off and, and I you know, begrudgingly said, you know, um, I've just been the Holy Spirit wants me to tell you that, you know, this, that I've just been having thoughts about killing you. And so from your perspective, um, what was going on in your brain when your husband tells you that he's thinking about killing you? And I'm, I'm, I'm saying this because I'm letting you know that if it's an evil, if you're walking in evil, you have to bring it to light. You have to bring it to light to be set free. Yeah, that was, um, you know, that was definitely something unexpected. But, you know, when you told me that it wasn't like I was afraid, it wasn't like I was, um, you know, nervous or shivering or anything like that. It's like, it was the Holy Spirit. I, I just believe it was the Holy Spirit covering me because I I had a peace. And just looking at you, I could tell and just sense the regret in your heart for even thinking such a thing. And you had never, in all the time that we've known each other, you had never done anything but love me in the highest way that that I know of, you know, besides Jesus, um, always respected me. And, um, so I, I had, I had no reason to believe that this was something from you. I just believe that it was an attack of the enemy. And so when you, when you said that, I just, I looked at you and I just saw the hurt in your eyes. And what I said to you was, I know that you love me. And when I go to sleep tonight, I'm not going to sleep with one eye open. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to go to sleep. And, and I think that that broke something in you because you're, you started crying. And that was, that was that it was at that moment. I know that God had, had to be a part of that. I know, you know, people, especially women would probably say, are you crazy? Your husband just told you something like that and you're going to sit there. You know, you you must be crazy, especially with all of the abuse and all the things that happen to women. So either I was very naive 
or I just had trust and I truly trusted the Jesus in you. And I knew God had changed you and, and I knew God was with me. So I, I didn't have any fear. You know, I just had a peace. Praise God for that. Um, yeah, the spirit taught me a lot from that situation, but the, the thing that we're trying to connect with the, the people that's listening is that the light came into my life. The light and the life came into my life, into my heart and changed me. And if he had not come and revealed himself to me that I can comprehend that there was a light in my darkness, that would have turned out to be something totally different. We would not be talking about this in a podcast. I'd probably be dead or behind bars still, you know, and my whole family would be totally disconnected. But God. And so what we're saying to you from these three verses is that God created all things. Jesus created all things. There's nothing that you see that would not be before you if it was not for him. He is the life. He is the light and the light of men. And sometimes when the light comes, we don't want to comprehend what that is because we have our own stuff going on that we feel comfortable in. But we need to allow the light to begin to change our life so that we might be bearers of truth for other people to know and recognize that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. Anything else in closing? Just to say what's in verse five says, and the light shines in the darkness. So in darkness, you have to allow Jesus to shine. You have to allow Jesus to uh, dispel that darkness. And, and truth is what dispels that darkness. Jesus is truth. The light is truth. Amen. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that you are teaching us who you are. You're teaching us how to walk as you walk. We're te- you're teaching us how to live uh, this abundant life. And I just thank you so much, Lord God, that you came as light. You came as life. You came as truth to set us free. And I just give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. Father, we pray that your word would reach hearts. We pray that your word will open hearts to receive that light, that they may be changed, that they may be transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Just give you praise, honor, and glory in the name of Jesus. So be blessed and be dressed in the presence of our God. God bless. Have a blessed week. You've been listening to It Was Found in My Heart with Gary and Veronica. If you need prayer or if you have any questions or responses, you can contact us by sending us an email at iwfimh at gmail.com. That's I-W-F-I-M-H at gmail.com.